Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As of right now, we are at war. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did it. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Ruffett. What is going on today, Chris? nothing man i'm still reeling <laughs> still reeling from that last game we played oh man well what a time to talk about it this is the time chris in our intro we had some pretty fun games on the stream uh, twitch.tv slash freeze finest those of you guys that joined us thank you and those of you guys that liked our photos from that thank you to that too we had our ant-man board we can talk about that first i guess chris yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> i'm pretty proud of it it took some time and planning and it's a completely different wargaming board mindset to go oh about my that. gosh yeah you know I mean? it's wild it looks like a nursery <laughs> nerdy that's right nursery so yeah we had godzilla on there and books and Soundwave and you know some converse all stars some converse some chucks on there and of course the nursery foam board stuff oh yeah growing child board so people really liked that it's really colorful primary colors awesome really fun throwing that stuff around too so we had Rubik's Cubes and cars and plastic dinosaurs as the size two and three terrain. But yeah, what happened in that game, Chris? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I had to see. I had to know if it was possible to deal with Hulk by just just focus firing him down. Turns out it's not a great idea. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you just bodied me with him. Yeah, I got off the double thunderclap mm-hmm. which is that was nasty wild when hulk is teed up also just you know bodying the objective with hulk seems really strong so maybe there's some things coming in our future episodes chris where we can talk about absolutely especially with our spider-man episode coming up just ways to deal with hulk and modok because yeah modok was a similar situation dish chris. out some damage man yeah you got like eight attacks off at one point or six attacks yeah six attacks off at one point as in last firsting and all that fun stuff with his spinning chair. Yeah, you actually got eight in a row because you so got to, gross. You get to attack, get the trigger, attack, get the trigger. Then next round passes, attack, get the trigger. So you really don't want to be close to him either. So these they're really heavy hitters and they're really interesting ways to deal with them. But 
Yeah, we had fun, Chris. Every time we played this game now, I've learned something new. Yeah. And the objectives keep me guessing. They're completely different. More they, than I thought they would be. It's so wild. That last set we played, Scroll Agent and the Meteors, those paired together was real made for a really weird game. Yeah, just a lot of close combat. Mm-hmm. But maybe it just seems weird to us because we've been playing the ones that are spread out every right. time. I'm uncertain. Learned a lot every time we played. <laughs> something we learned probably right before we re- recorded Ultron, but we didn't mention it, but I mentioned it today, Chris. Something we may have gotten wrong in the past, too, so I had to yeah. clarify on the show. Most superpowers, if not every superpower in the game, minus a few, are technically all a free action if you can right. afford it. That was a game-changing moment for us, too, when we actually sat down and played that way and kind of felt it in execution rather than discussion on the podcast, right? Yeah. Because we've been discussing stuff about this game way prior to its release just to get content out there for people and to learn the game ourselves with you guys. A couple people messaged us about that in our Captain Marvel episode where we talked about going binaries in action because it was on the active superpower side. Even if it's an active superpower... That just means you have to do it on your turn. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take an action. And the way you check that is by you read the card text. And if it's an active superpower and it doesn't say take an action, it's not an action. Yep. It just means it has to be during that activation. Right. So that changed the game even more for us, Chris, because throwing things, I don't know why people don't think it's quite as good as it is. I already thought it was incredible taking actions. It's And now most of the time, it's not an action to do it. You're just doing it on top of your other two actions. Yeah. Crossbones is a monster. Yes, he is. My favorite character to play with, even though he's a really bad dude, and we'll get into that in He's a very episode. bad dude. He's a very bad person. We're getting that soon, right? We're on but, our Crossbones yeah. episode. Game-wise, mechanically, he's a monster. That's right. So I hope you guys that joined us on our first stream, our first time we restreamed, you saw Chris play our local friend, Eric, who is a top-tier Legion player, and he was learning the game with us, too, and... He had the game in the bag, Chris, for several turns. For several turns. Until he didn't. Until he didn't, because Crossbones came in. I got lucky on some rolls. He got unlucky on some rolls. Well, and you threw some people off objectives and stuff. I I rolled some wilds when I needed them. Yeah. It's just crazy. It just shows how wild and crazy this game is and how much we love it. Yeah. So we just want to talk about all that up front. But we'll talk more battle reports and games soon, guys. But today, we've got something really important to talk about, Chris. It's our next duo of characters coming up on our character deep dives and the Mm -hmm. first character in this duo is iron man i can't wait old tony everybody loves tony everybody loves tony some would say he and captain america are the main driving force of the mcu universe and so much so that that iron man kicked it off at least on the public side of things this is where it gets interesting we've talked about this in our captain america episode captain america is the driving force of the narrative in a lot of ways but iron man inside the mcu world and outside in our world is the main driving thing those movies made him incredibly popular he just wasn't there in popularity and they kicked off the mcu he's been around for so long why they chose him to kick things off was an interesting choice but clearly the right one it must have been in the casting room because Robert I, it Downey had came to be and they saw it if robert downey is available you put him on you put him on something and who does he fit best and that's Tony Stark. His charisma and everything. I think that's what sold He's it. He's done a great job. He became that character. <laughs> he did. It's he amazing. is Iron Man. He, he is, is Iron Man. And I think that's... He's just a lot nicer guy than Iron Man. Not that Iron Man in the MCU is not nice. He kind of is most of the time. And and the more it goes on, he's Ultimate softened. Iron Ultimate Tony Stark's kind of a jerk. 
Oh yeah, that's. I'm just talking MCU Tony Stark. Yeah. They softened it quite a bit, they similar did. to our discussion last week about Hank Pym. But oh my, <laughs> oh my, they got to get it appropriate to pass the Disney licenses. But <laughs> you know, Iron Man started all this off, Chris. So I think he's going to be a huge draw to people with this game. So I'm really yeah. excited about him. He's but a also, good character. He's fun to play with too. Yeah, and just starting off the entire MCU with Iron Man one. Mm-hmm. It just seems so fitting that he's in this core box. Yeah. John Favreau, man, bless him for doing that with Iron Man. And now he's doing the Mandalorian. I think you mean Saint Favreau. (laughs) Yeah. Now that he's done the Mandalorian. Yeah, it might be Saint Favreau. Yeah, just kicking things off in a good way. But we'll get to that MCU talk later. We've got some business to attend to. Business. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution or tip. We thank all of our patrons right now for their support. We want to thank our newest patron, Craig S., and of course, all of our current patrons. Man. Thank you so much for coming aboard, Craig. Thank you, Craig, for deeming us worthy of your monthly contribution and supporting this show. We do not take it lightly. We definitely don't. And every time we get a new patron, guys, this is contributing not only to this show and the quality of this audio show, but also our future endeavors, namely our video content, which we're working on big all plans. the time. Big, big plans. plans. We're always working on it. We're always researching. We're always tweaking dials. And maybe we'll, one day when we get to a certain point on the Patreon, we have goals on the Patreon. You can check them out. The, one of the biggest goals is doing the monthly video content. And monthly means at least once a month. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Hopefully we'll have more for that. Patreon really takes off. So we really appreciate all you guys that have jumped on the Patreon early on. And if you're considering jumping on the Patreon, just a dollar or two from your coffee money, that's awesome too. We want to thank all of our patrons. All right, Chris, we've got some serious, serious lore today. Big time. So Chris, who is Iron Man? Jesse, I'm glad you asked. Now, initially, Iron Man is uh, used as a vehicle by Stanley to explore Cold War themes, particularly the role of American technology and industry in the fight against communism. Ooh. Subsequent reimaginings of Iron Man have transitioned from Cold War motifs to contemporary matters of the time. Tony is a wealthy American business magnate, a playboy, and an ingenious scientist. What a lucky guy. Lucky guy. <laughs> Anthony Edward Tony Stark also suffers from a severe chest injury taken during a kidnapping, which you'll remember from the initial Iron Man movie. Right. When his captors attempt to force him to build a weapon of mass destruction, he instead creates a mechanized suit of armor to save his life and escape captivity. Later, Stark develops a suit, adding weapons and other technological advances he designs through his company, Stark Industries. He uses the suit and successive versions to protect the world as Iron Man. Mm. Although at first, concealing his true identity... Tony eventually declares that he is, in fact, Iron Man in a public announcement. I think somebody wrote a song about it. I don't know. (laughs) I am Iron Man. Hence why that final line of the climax of Endgame is so powerful. Because, of course, they end Iron Man with this way, Chris. Most importantly, you end it on this fact because he's one of the few superheroes early on to come out about his identity on a broad scale. And, you know, I guess him being... So wealthy and rich and <laughs> separated helps. from society helps him. Yeah, not like a Peter Parker or something. Right, a Peter Parker who's in the middle of it and yeah. has has family and non-secure areas sure. and, and things like that. I guess he can afford that luxury. Maybe he should check his identity privileges. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> just a thought. I'm just kidding, everybody. Tony's awesome, and I love 
how he is used, like I said, as a vehicle for Stan Lee to explore a lot of themes about war, the war industry, and the and the role that uh, individuals and countries play, corporations play in that. I just think it's very fascinating. Yeah, this is a super cool twist on something we've touched on every lore segment, Chris, which always excites me to not only learn this information myself or cement it, but to share it with people who listen to this show. Comics are always concurrent with current society. Oh, yeah, man. And in that, we even get some of these characters created, like Captain America, mm-hmm. in concurrent with the war, and then bring him back in a full-scale way, which is super cool. Or Red Skull being right in the midst yeah. of the war, the face of Nazi Germany on comics. But this is a different take, Chris, with this Iron Man and the Cold mm-hmm. War themes. And you know, he also pops up in the history with Fantastic Four and the Credible Hulk, where they were in the same midst of all this, and right. Iron Man joined them. So- also, Hulk and the Fantastic Four, which I'm sure we'll get to both in the oh, future. Yeah. I'm excited for the Fantastic yeah. Four, man. It's cool that they were dealing with the same things in America with communism and just the Cold War, and that Iron Man kind of got brought into that, too. Tony Stark was also based on a real-life model, Howard Hughes, yes, who was a significant defense contractor who developed new weapon technologies, completely mirroring Stark Industries, because Stark Industries is a weapon technology company for America, and just you know selling weapons and missiles and things like that, which we see in the MCU as well. Hughes was also an icon of both American individualism and other burdens of fame. He also was a big part of the entrepreneurial autonomy and government supervision of research, and he was also prominently featured in the early Iron Man series. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's interesting because it's kind of cool like cameo, Ameri- man. Yeah, American scientists and businessmen mixed together, also influencing the design of this character, Tony Stark. But yeah, that was Iron Man's first inception, right? Right. So Iron Man's first appearance in comics was actually Tales of Suspense 39, which was cover dated in 1963, right? Yes, Chris? yes. So this is perfect timing with the Cold War. Right. And him popping in. And this also kind of, Chris, is a glimpse of Marvel's past, which is something we haven't really touched on too much on this show. Sometimes characters don't actually come into the fold with their own comic, like a Captain America or something. Oh, we're going we're gonna to be seeing that a lot we're gonna with, see our, that with a these lot. legacy characters. Yeah. So some of these legacy characters pop in to a different line or even an adventure comic series or something. And they kind of get grasped by the public. It's kind of a a test run a lot of times, especially Mm -hmm. with Tales of Suspense and Amazing Fantasy. Mm -hmm. But before we go too much further, let's mention the creators. Tony was a collaboration among editor and story plotter Stan Lee, scripter Larry Lieber, and story artist Don Heck. Also, Jack Kirby, the (laughs) amazing Jack Kirby. Always there. The omnipresent Jack Kirby played a huge role in his design. He was the cover artist for Tales of Suspense 39. And the cover artists usually handled, back in those days, handled character design. They were the first ones to draw them. So that's Tony in the 60s, but then he becomes prominent with this fight against um, right. Cold War. But let's go to the 70s and 80s. So yeah. Tony continues to struggle with being a weapons manufacturer. He struggles with his own political beliefs and his capitalist nature. The increasing opposition to the Vietnam War seems to be a catalyst for Tony to question himself and things even more. And to try to get out of the weapons game. So through a struggle with alcoholism as well as competing business people, Tony ends up on the streets and penniless. What? That is <laughs> that is a, A, that's a very key issue. If you own that issue somehow and Man. you are not aware of it, that's worth a lot of money. The cover is an iconic cover of Tony 
face down uh, with oh, yeah. rocks glass full of something that's probably not water. What an interesting thing to introduce those the demon of alcoholism to a character like Tony Stark. Yeah, this makes him a lot more endearing, it's, and he's got a moral compass kind of struggle going on, too, oh, yeah. Chris, which he didn't have in previous decades as much. Right. So let's move on to the 80s and 90s, because we yeah. see Tony on a personal quest to stop all others from using his suit designs for villainy, and the armor wars have Tony making some bad decisions as a result of this, and then Iron Man falls from public grace. Poor Tony. He overcomes near death, his nervous system being controlled by a villain, long-term manipulation from Kang the Conqueror, and even death once again, avoiding death, right? He's got, you know, everybody comes back in comics. That's just the way it is. It's complicated stuff, right, Chris? Because even Tony comes back to life in a way. <laughs> defeats so, Kang. yeah, now weird Tony, 80s, 90s comics. Tony now is, it's almost a lot like uh, X-Men Blue, take a drink, talked about X-Men. Sure. Where they brought a teenage version of Tony to the present and he becomes tony so the tony we have now is you know 15 years younger than original tony was supposed sure. to be technically the same person just a time displaced but it never really comes up in modern comics we ignore it the irony of that though is this teenager tony's age lines up kind of perfectly with the mcu tony right born in the 70s tony right early 70s right. tony age we saw so prominent in the mcu so let's talk about the 2000s, Chris, because this is where Tony Stark really became known to me. So he's been through this loss and tragedy, but he starts becoming the center of a lot of Marvel storylines, similar to Cap, namely Civil War, Secret Invasion, and Dark Reign have Tony playing a major role. And this is, he just really comes major into role. his own as as one of the driving forces behind the Avengers. I mean, the Avengers have been Cap and Iron Man for a long time. They became revered during this time. They did. And and that comes through. Well, in Marvel the had a revitalization during this time too, Chris. We yeah. talked about it in the Thank show. Thank you, Grant Morrison. Yeah, two thousands <laughs> onward, and especially that two thousand four or five range with Civil War and Secret War, and some of these things that came out. This really got a lot of people into comics for the first mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and it was a more cohesive story. As in, they kind of trimmed the fat, and they kind of made these characters truly who they are. Yeah, and they made them all collide in these big. Oh, yeah. comic book events well and they've been doing that since of since course. the 70s but of course the events they just got better i think they got more red and they got more with the internet they became more known well and a noticeable thing which i don't think we've mentioned before but just the art direction too continues mm-hmm. to grow and the 2000s onward is very obvious there's a jump in quality there's some glaring mistakes in there minus some 90s (laughs) minus some 90s spider-man that stuff's been pretty much consistent the whole time onward it's just some of that 80s and 90s say well printing techniques got better yeah iron man or things like that you see the look of iron man change dramatically Mm -hmm. and you know chris that leads me to i guess the final period 2010s to now yeah this obviously is a major period for iron man because this is post the film and this is kind of when the public the general public is kind of checking out his comics and stuff sure so we see some pretty intense stuff. The Return of the Mandarin, which is in the movies. Uh, Superior Iron Man and, you know, Tony Stark AI, Doctor Doom. Crazy stuff. You know, Doctor Doom, Iron Man, that suit. I oh love it, goodness. man. And uh, Alex Maleev, the artist for that run, is one of my favorite comic book artists of all time. Right. I just love his colors. I love his lines. I'm Maleev surprised you're not doing your awesome. Iron Man and that color scheme, Chris. I'm hoping green, I'm green. hoping for a a uh, Doctor Doom <laughs> Iron Man model one of these days. Actually, yeah, that would be really nice. But 
like I said, it's a long history. It's complicated. It's a really interesting thing to see his character grow over the years. Obviously, 70s onward be a lot more prominent and get more prominent with every decade. Right. So let's talk about, before we move on to his MCU appearance, Chris, let's talk about just Iron Man's powers. We talked about who he is. You know, we don't usually spend too much time on powers because we, people we cover it now. Yeah. But he's basically just, as we said, a <laughs> businessman in a suit. But he's, he's a scientist. Too. He's a super genius. He's a futurist. Right. This is not just an armored suit. I'm not sure if they retconned him being demigod or not. The Kieran Gillen run of Invincible Iron Man kind of sure. did some some wild stuff. You know, he's just such a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so cool that he makes the suit to fly with the repulsors, also shoot the repulsors as pure energy, as range attacks. Of course, he has his, his homing missiles and rockets right. from Stark Industries, which were just homing missiles and rockets from jets and other artillery stations and things like that. And, you know, something iconic about the suit, you know, he's been called the invincible Iron Man and things like that Mm -hmm. in comics. It is very strong. Like he can take a beating because it's made to essentially be against other weapons. Would you say that he can take a licking and keep on ticking? (laughs) I think so, Chris. It's just cool. He can fly. You know, he's he's got this incredible AI, which they expand more on the MCU and things like that. But it's just, it's all encompassing, his suit. Yeah. But it's cool because he, I think, is our first superhero we've had on the show with no powers whatsoever. Right. All his powers come from technology. Right. So let's talk about that Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man in the MCU in his order mm-hmm. of appearance chronologically, starting with Iron Man 1 by John Favreau himself. This was the risk they took, and it paid Started off. Started it all. Not much needs to be said about this film. This film kind of goes through that first arc we talked about at the beginning of this section, him becoming Iron Man, and then by the end, him coming out to the world and saying he's Iron Man. Not much to be said. It's pretty great. But let's move on, Chris. The Incredible Hulk, he's in a pre-credits scene. So this is kind of the seeds of them planning for the long-term MCU and him to be the face of it. Iron Man 2? That's right. Mickey Rourke. You know. (laughs) <laughs> it was fine it's there yeah john favreau's no there. it was good it was good i um might be better than iron man 3 i don't know tony St- iron man 3 is more like tony stark one um yeah he's mentioned <laughs> in thor mm-hmm. and of course the avengers Ooh, plays a prominent role of stark course. towers on that yep. um fully realized yep, yep. from as the avengers base and things like that iron man 3 comes right after the avengers and this is kind of a take on what we talked about, Chris. He's kind of down on his luck and it, lost. It's, it's the it's the armor wars, yeah, yeah. PTSD from the events in the Avengers. Um, this is something we're going to see with Iron Man moving forward. So the next film he's in is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Is a mention once again. You know, this is just them establishing he's always around. <laughs> he is an omnipresent figure at this point in the Marvel U. It's it's his technology. It's his money. It's his. He's kind of a driving force there. Yeah. Keeping the team together. Well, and him and Fury. Logistically, kind of, yeah. Without him and Fury, they wouldn't even have the Avengers in this MCU. Right. And without his money, his backing, his organization, and keeping everyone together, and kind of leading in a weird way, even though Cap eventually takes over. Is the, the leader. leader. But yeah. you could almost say that... Co-leaders? Yeah. Cap might be the leader, but Tony Stark might be the heart. Yeah. Probably so. The next film, Chris, is Avengers Age of Ultron, which we talked about in depth last yes, week. Yes, we did. Another great Iron Man film because uh, he goes through a lot in this film. He has his visions 
of the world being destroyed by Thanos and all his friends dying. He meets his match in Ultron. The Iron Man suit cannot beat Ultron. And also, let's not forget, most importantly, the twist they take where this was Ultron was Tony's creation, not Hank Pym's creation. Yes. And Ultron becomes this big evil thing. So in the MCU, he's going to have that guilt. Guilt again. Yeah. Next film is Ant-Man. He's mentioned in Ant-Man. And then the next film is Captain America Civil War. Oh, I love that movie. Plays a major role in this movie. This is also the movie where Spider-Man comes into the MCU, finally. Always got to mention that. (laughs) This is a cool movie, Chris, because we see Tony's relationship with Spider-Man Blossom. Well, it's not only that. There's other things about this movie, like... It is the first movie for a specific hero that turns into an ensemble movie. Yeah. That's which is, is really interesting. But yeah, he and Spider-Man's relationship is a long one. <laughs> and I'm glad they represented that in the MCU. Yeah, it's really cool that they're introducing it. And, you know, now we've got this really layered Tony with he was kind of, you know, conceited and arrogant before. He got dropped down several pegs. Then he went through some trauma and some rough things and now then he's kind of assuming this role as a father figure and a mentor yeah and a mentor they're doing really good things you know what a perfect person to do with other than peter who has no father has no other male figure in his life and peter is completely from a different world than tony absolutely tony's at the very top of the richest and peter's at the bottom in his place in society even though his brain can almost match Iron Man, even though he's such a young age, which is so interesting. But I just love that that's a major point moving forward from here, Chris, is their relationship. Absolutely. And we'll get more into that in the in our episode about Spider-Man. Uh, the next mention we get is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I have not seen the deleted scene that has Tony in it, but right. I'd like to. Yeah. So another mention, uh, just keeping him alive in that MCU mm-hmm. mindset. Of course, the next film, Chris, is Spider-Man Homecoming. They continue that relationship. They really dive deep into this with them. Tony's his full-on mentor. Tony saves him a couple times, teaches him how to be a superhero. Great. He's got to learn somehow, you know? <laughs> He's got to learn somehow. Which is different from his experience in the comic books where he learned how to be a superhero on his own. Yeah, which is more the Sony Spider-Man. Right. So this is a different take they're going, which is interesting. The next film is Thor Ragnarok. He's mentioned. Once again, Iron Man's always mentioned, or there's some of his tech in some of these films, um, right. things like that. It's great. And then we have Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. The two-part film is what I call it. I don't call them separate films. Iron Man's a huge role in these. Uh, we start Endgame off with him and Nebula being trapped. More importantly, he loses in Infinity War, and he loses everything, everything he's, he's dreamed about. But the, he gains the world. <laughs> him and Doctor Strange make a... A roll of the dice, Chris. That's right. At the end of Infinity War, and it pays off by the end of Endgame. And of course, we have the end of Endgame, where Tony makes the greatest sacrifice for everyone. Where we all cried. Yep. The next film in the MCU he's actually in is Far From Home. We get flashbacks, and we also get uh, just Tony everywhere, and Peter's trying to cope with the loss of his father figure. Everywhere I see his face, that line, and... uh I don't think he's going away. No, Man, even though and he's I dead. expect cameos and flashbacks and things like that. Oh yeah, the de-aging technology they use. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they bring Iron Man back somehow. It is comics. Now, did but. you hear that Robert Downey was put in for the running for the Oscars for Endgame? 
No. And he I had did not. he had them remove it from the Oscars. He says that's not the character and that's I'm not interested in that. So Oh wow. <laughs> so just completely like taking the high road, cool guy wow. thing. Like, no, no, I'm I'll go hang out, but I'm not gonna be in the running with all those guys on those high dramas and stuff. And you know, it's great. People have also tried to bait him in recently with some of the talk that Scorsese's made about the Marvel films that of course went viral on the internet. Scorsese saying they're not cinema, they're they're movies, and that all being a whole debate and a whole thing. And you know, I get I get all sides of this. Robert Downey, man, he just nails it perfectly. He he doesn't he doesn't lean on one side at all because he's, he's like cool he's like that's completely Scorsese's opinion, and he's Scorsese. You can say that. Also, these are movies that people love more than anything, and they've affected oh, yeah. people's lives more than anything. So that's all it is. Grossed an amazing <laughs> amount of money. But man, what a great guy, Robert Downey, and he's continued to grow and. What a progression for this man from 1999 to now. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> literally in jail for bad things. And now he is the positive force he is. And like you it's said, great, Chris, man. he's become this character so much so in Comic-Con and stuff. When he meets people, he's pretty much just full in character. He's Iron just man. he's just Tony Stark, man. I love it. And, you know, that's okay. So let me give you guys some recommendations. If you're interested in learning more about Tony Stark yourself. The first one I want to bring to your attention is The Invincible Iron Man from 2012. This is the run written by Kieran Gillen and illustrated by Greg Land. Super fun. Man, I'm very familiar with Kieran Gillen. From, I love that guy. From the the Star Wars line, the new Disney mm-hmm. Marvel Star Wars line, Kieran is one of the main writers in that. Also, uh, the creator of The Wicked and the Divine. Very Ooh. popular. Oh, wow. Very That's a great book. series. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the Civil War event, the first Civil War event where Tony leads the pro-registration group. That's what I'm into, yeah. Yeah. And then Invincible Iron Man by Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca. Now, that is... Salvador again. That is the run that brings the extremist phone app into the Marvel equation, which big for us here at uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol because it it is worked into one of the objective cards. That is super cool. So definitely check those out. Great recommendations, Chris. Yeah, Civil War was probably my robust, direct introduction to the character as in reading a whole series, getting a full thing of him, other than just catching him here and there in other places. I really like this stuff. But you know what, Chris? That's lore. Time to move on to strategy. Can't wait. All right. So once again, if you guys are at home, go and pull out your Iron Man card or check out our social media pages. Take a look at his card there if you want to follow along. So starting with his name, Chris, it's Iron Man. His alter ego is Tony Stark. Let's talk about his stats. His healthy side, five stamina, medium speed, height two, threat three. And his defense is this four physical, three energy, three mystic. And Chris, his injured side, exactly the same. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty simple. And the suit is falling off. It's being decayed away as we see by these photos, but he still has the five stamina. I say he's still the five stamina, Chris. That means he doesn't have six. A lot of these characters have six or some even the future coming seven on their front. Not the case here. He's five and five. Little less health than, say, a Captain America he or a Crossbones. Does have a way to kind of mitigate that less health. Certainly. But let's talk about his attacks. Now, the first of his attacks is going to be his zero power cost repulsor blast. It's going to be a range four, strength four, zero power cost attack. After it is resolved, the character gains one power equal to the damage dealt. 
Now that's the damage that gets through. That's not right. just the attack rolls. Yeah. Uh, and on wilds, he gains push. And push reads like this. Before damage is dealt, this character pushes the target character away short. That's very useful. Yeah, so this is just um, Captain America's strike, but one less strength, which makes sense, but range. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. that wild push like Captain America has. So, yeah, pushes are very useful in this game, Chris. Extremely. It, it could mean the difference with an objective, claiming that objective, or being at, there at the end of the round. Really helpful thing to go with him after other people have gone and then push them away from where they ended up because maybe they ended up exactly where they wanted to be on the objective. Right. Push them off. But yeah, this is his strike. They don't call it strike. They call it repulsor blast, which is interesting, but I like that because it's thematic. Yeah. But this is his strike and it's an energy attack. Let's move on to his next attack, Chris, which is physical homing rockets. It's a range five, five strength, cost two power to do. This attack ignores line of sight and the defending character does not benefit from cover. It has a wild. The wild is explosive. Before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within two range of the target character suffer one damage. I really like this attack. The Me ignoring too. line of sight, no benefit for cover. It's very useful for two power. That's really, that's pretty, that's a pretty good deal. And as a value-based gamer, I enjoy the value there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's talk about this value, Chris. So I just juxtaposed Captain America's strike to Iron Man's strike, the repulsor right. blast. Now we have Captain America's shield throw versus the Iron Man homing rockets. They both have a trigger if they get damaged through in a wild, which is great. Right. The shield throw is range four, four strength, makes perfect thematic sense. The homing rockets is range five, five strength. So it's a little bit stronger. It is stronger. And not only that, it's one of the few range five attacks that are in the game at this point. Good point. Glad you mentioned that. There's not going to be a lot of other characters that can match his Iron Man's range at this yeah. at this moment. So thematic. And I love that they both have a wild trigger, Chris. Mm-hmm. But this explosive, in a way, the ceiling on this could be crazy if everyone's clumped if they're up. they're clumping. That's yeah. even better. And, you know, guaranteed damage in games is always phenomenal. This is guaranteed damage. So say someone like Black Widow or something is teed up and you shoot at whoever it is, Baron Zemo or Crossbones, and you get this wild through, you pop her over her day it's side great. or something. That's insane because that's not a save they roll because it just says suffers damage, which is wild. So let's move on to his last attack. Now, this is only on his injured side. This is an energy attack. It is Unabeam. It's so cool. (laughs) It's going to be uh, range five, strength six, four power cost. Now, here's why this attack is awesome. This attack ignores line of sight. The defending character does not benefit from cover now so on this range it is a beam attack so anything that is in this when you lay down your range five measure stick right any character that is under that beam is going to get hit that's right including your allied characters including your they don't they don't suffer from this much damage as much damage but yes everything in that beam gets hit so this is our first instance chris of the beam range so the way they show that on the cards is it says b5 instead of just five for range and that's great that is a pretty big template chris that's a lot of things normally you just check if any part of the template goes through the enemy target and that's how you get um, range this is the entire beam so you can not only get the full range the length and get all those characters but even if there's characters really close to you 
that are side by side, you're going to get them both in the width of the beam, right. which is wild. Super so, cool. So what does that mean? That means that you get to do this attack against every target in this in any order you would like to do. So this is where it gets wild. You could flip someone to their injured side and then go to on to another target, deal some damage to them, maybe kill another target. There's a lot of possibilities because this also ignores line of sight and cover. So, so it's just so gross. It's so thematic too. He's opening up that beam chest and and just shooting through everything, blowing through the cars. Well, he's everything. desperate. He's yeah. he's already he's already been injured. That's right. <laughs> he's losing armor and he's got to do something to turn this battle around. So Chris, this is six strength against one character minimum, but obviously the ceiling is much higher. So that's an insane that you're doing a six strength attack that ignores cover on as many characters you can fit in this and. This cannot be understated. This is why you take Iron Man for this attack and his range and his previous things. But well, the flight helps a lot too. He's very, very maneuverable. But let's talk about his superpowers, Chris. So his first superpower is an active superpower called Friday AI. During the next attack action made by this character this turn, add two dice to its attack rolls. Cost three power. It's really nice if you've got a good economy built up on him. You just throw some extra dice. Try to get some extra damage through, Woo. especially with homing rockets. It pairs very well with homing rockets. Unibeam. Oh, well, of course. This is in pure insanity because... Now, that's 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 a hefty price tag there. It is. At seven power, but... Feasible. It is feasible, and if you're, if you're on the event... If you've got the Avengers special rule going, it's only going to cost six instead. It's pretty wild. It's for if you can Eight line dice. up that shot, if you can get... Eight dice on, say, Ooh. three different characters. Man, that's that's, that's just GG. That's, that's game. value, baby. It's probably game right there. That is value. Man, I love this action, Chris. So once again, like we talked about in our intro, this does not take an action to do. It's just if you can afford this, pay it. Right. And why would you not with the Avengers? It's only going to cost two. So this is going to improve your homing rockets. This is going to improve your homing rockets ability to hit wild. So get mm-hmm. that explosive mm-hmm. trigger. It's going to make your repulsor blast better, so you have higher ceiling to get more power from the strike. And it's obviously going to make that Unibeam just so deadly. But let's move on to his next power, Chris. Now, his next power is innate, and this is the power that helps him deal with a relatively low health pool. It's called Invincible Iron Man. And when this character would suffer damage, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one. This just happens. It's the suit. This is the representation of the suit. There is no cost for this. There's no activation. There's no triggers. It just happens. So he's sneakily defensive, Chris, especially if we're talking about physical attacks because he has four physical defense right. and he's already getting another block in. So really think of it as four plus one right away. You got a guaranteed block plus, you know, four, unless you're just pinging him with one damage every time, then he can't block that. So right. it's super interesting. Something we'll return to with crossbones because he has a similar ability. It's really cool. Just like auto ping damage is really good. Auto block damage is really good in this game, too. Really good. Because I never trust dice when I play games, Chris. And I trust tactics and abilities of characters. And sometimes the dice are with you or against you. So this is a good way to mitigate that. And his last superpower, Chris, is innate. It's flight. He's going to be up there with your uh, Captain Marvels, your Ultrons. He's going to be on top of the really cool buildings for these awesome boards that we see some of you guys are building. Yeah. Yeah. Get him. Get him anywhere. Yeah, so once again, guys, flight, you just don't have to reduce your speed to climb up on top of a building or any other higher terrain. So he's never inhibited by his movement ever. Any terrain he's going over or any any sort of thing he's doing, he never has to decrease his movement, which is great. So 
This is good stuff for him. What a great character, Chris. Very simple, straightforward, three threat. I got to use him in a game last week, and I really enjoyed using him. I certainly did. I'm starting to get the hang of him. Yeah, I've only got to use him once. I'd like to remedy that. I'd like to change that. I really enjoyed having him as a ranged threat. Mm-hmm. Couldn't He couldn't be touched, but he was still reaching out and touching others through the goodness of his heart, just hitting them with homing rockets. Yeah, that's, and it made me happy. That's really good, Chris. So that leads me to some strategy with him. I'm glad you mentioned his absurd range compared to some other characters in the game. A good way to use him is to set him up on a kind of corner objective is the word I'll use because I don't know how everyone's map set up. Yeah. But maybe not one of the center objectives, one of the side or corner objectives. You know, mid-game onward, he is pretty much going to have range to other characters. But I say that because meanwhile, he's getting range to other characters at other objectives. He is also holding down that corner objective. scoring while still contributing to the fight. Right, because something we've learned about this game, Chris, that really hurts sometimes is sometimes you have to use high threat characters to hold down other objectives just so you get points. Right. And that feels bad. It feels bad using Ultron to hold a side corner objective and he's out of the fight. Right. He's such a heavy hitter or maybe a Hulk or MODOK. You don't want to do that. You want them into the fray. So Iron Man's a good three threat person to bring into your squads to kind of hold a side objective or just skirt around the edges, strafe and take shots, pot shots. And Until you know, it's time for the Unibeam. Yeah, sometimes maybe even you're going to want him to get damaged, Chris. So that leads to my next question. Like, do you think that maybe another strategy with Iron Man is getting him teed up pretty quick? You'd have to be careful with that one because once he's over, once he's turned over, you have to get out of the fight yeah. quickly. But yes, I mean, the quicker you can access Unibeam and the quicker you can access that economy. Right the better off you're going to be. He's tough. He's It's hard to know when to push and not, and that's something we're going to learn with time and hopefully shed a light on act. that for you guys. But he won a game I was playing the other day, Chris, not against you, but another friend for me because he kind of held an objective. He got popped to the injured side, and then he got to Unibeam, and that kind of secured the objective because the Unibeam is kind of guaranteed damage in some ways because the cutting through cover and line of sight and he killed the opposing characters that were on the objective, and he kind of just tanked what was left with his Invincible Iron Man. And it's so annoying. Invincible Iron Man is is very frustrating as an opposing player. You think you have made a breakthrough, got four or five damage through, and all of a sudden... Reducing that down by Blocks one. two, reduced by one. Yeah, that hurts. And you've only got one through. That's pretty crucial when you're flipping characters in this game, Chris, because yeah. obviously a huge strategy in this game, which we're going to return to in the future, is just... Getting characters flipped to their injured side strategically, dazed, dazed, where you take away their activation before they go. And Iron Man not only is good at doing that because he has range, but also he's hard to do that too. Yes, he is. So for threat three character, he's pretty strong. He's pretty vanilla on his front side, but that Unibeam changes things on the back. Now, I don't know how long I see him being in big meta, real constructed meta here in about four or five months, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he is three threat. He's only three threat. You can fill out a lot of a lot of rosters with that. We know a lot of things coming, like Venom and Black mm-hmm. Panther and things are higher threat. So he might just fit, just like Natasha and Zemo right. do. He might just fit in people's 10 model lists that they bring to tournaments and kitchen table combat because he just kind of, he just three points to fit in. And, you know, Chris, we haven't seen all the threat of the coming objectives. True. There's True. already a 20 in the game, and there's going to be more in the future. So 
I'm super curious. We're going to see some big battles here, I think. He's a great backliner mage type character, just shooting in damage. And then maybe late game, you do run him in, let him take some oh, damage, yeah. tank that, hold an objective, and then flip over and hopefully get that Unibeam off. But that also means when you fight him, guys, you want you once he's flipped to injured, you want to destroy him as quick you as possible. You need a plan. Yes. You need to focus fire or subdue him with right. Spider Man and stuns. Take and him like out. That. Something. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to get power at this phase either, because when he has power, the Unibeam is turned on. I'm really excited to play more of him in the game, Chris. I'm Me really too. starting to get the hang of him. At first, he didn't seem that great, and then the more time goes on, I we start to understand the range better in the game, because it's such a new mm-hmm. range format to us from other games like Legion and stuff, that you can really use his range as a benefit. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest and our streams of Star Wars Legion at twitch.tv slash the Canon Cantina. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and facebook.com slash Fury's Finest. Also, we're going to start launching a YouTube so just look us up on type in Furious Finest, email us at furiousfinest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. This is content we will read on future mailbag episodes. We would like to thank everyone that has left us a review thus far. It really helps us out. Other than the Patreon and following our social media pages, that's an incredible way to help the show. If you have a little bit of time, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and please help spread the word about our show. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Aiken, E-A-K-I-N. And check out my Star Wars show, The Canon Cantina, at The Canon Cantina, and anywhere podcasts can be found. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening, True Believers. Excelsior. Has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. I'm just not the the hero type, clearly, with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I made, largely public. Truth is, I am Iron Man.